You are listening to Wind Bands of Every Flavor, a podcast for directors and musicians dedicated to concert, marching, and jazz bands throughout the world. And now, your host, Chad Nicholson. Thank you for downloading Wind Bands of Every Flavor, Episode 7. It is the Midwest Special Edition with lots of reports live from the Midwest Clinic that occurred in December in Chicago, Illinois, at the new venue, McCormick's Place West, and man, was it fabulous. It was awesome, fantastic, a beautiful venue, lots of great concerts, lots of great clinics, and I got to catch up with old friends and, and met some new folks, uh, and it was, it was just fabulous. Uh, some great news. Uh, Ray Kramer, the outgoing president of the Midwest Clinic, announced at the uh, uh, Eastman Wind Ensemble concert on Friday night at the clinic that despite the economic times and the change to a new venue, the number of people registering and attending this year's clinic is only about 200 less than last year. Can you believe that? Only about 200 fewer people came to the clinic this year. Uh, and, and I talked to some of the folks at the clinic about this. And, and th- what they were saying was that people are coming on their own money, even if their schools aren't paying as much anymore. And that just shows how much people value this. If you have not gotten a chance to go, make a, a plan to go next year to the Midwest Clinic because it is just fabulous. In this episode, I'll have interviews with students and uh, other band directors who went to the clinic, and I'll give my own reflections throughout the clinic, what I saw, uh, things that I enjoyed, and things that we can look forward to. Uh, I did spend some time there at the Hal Leonard booth at the Meredith Music section and spoke with uh, some listeners of the program about uh, my book, The Top 100 Works in Grades 4, 5, and 6, and as well as got to see some friends of the show. Uh, Stephen Bryant and I had a great conversation. We talked about the podcast. We also talked about all the traveling that he's doing, and and it sounds like that piece, Ecstatic Waters, has got him traveling around the country with premieres right now, and he is loving it, and he is so busy. But I asked him, you know, how do you have time to write? when you're traveling this much and how do you keep from gaining weight because anyone who's been on the road much knows how hard it is to keep you know keep that element of your life in balance as well as the work element of your life and and he said he has to work really hard at it and uh, and he said he it is hard for him to find time to write now Uh, but he has a piece upcoming that is going to be due soon so he's going to find some time to get some writing done in the near future Uh, Before we go any further in today's program, though, I want to remind everybody to be sure and visit the online home for wind bands of every flavor at chadnicholson.wordpress.com. You can always drop me an email at windbands at gmail.com. If you'd like to share your own report of a concert or comment about what's going on with bands in your neck of the woods, you can always record yourself at your computer and save it as an MP3 file and attach it to an email at windbands at gmail.com and maybe we can get some more uh, folks on the show to help round out things that are happening around the country. I also use Skype to interview people on the program and if you're on Skype, add me as a contact, chad-nicholson, that's C-H-A-D-N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N and uh, perhaps we can get together and have an interview for the program, or if you have any thoughts of of people who might be great guests for the program, we can connect that way and continue to have some great shows in the future. Now it's time to jump into our Midwest edition of Wind Bands of Every Flavor, and we'll start 
on the exhibition hall floor. Now I'll tell you, it's really something to walk into McCormick's Place West. You know, if you if you've been to the Hilton in Chicago, down uh, down in the bottom level there, where the exhibition halls used to be, it was kind of this windy you know, meandering uh, series of, of hallways and kind of a maze of things. And you're trying to remember, okay, well, where was that baton booth? I it was over here somewhere. I keep seeing the Disney trip booth. And, and you, you kind of wind your way around. And, and it actually was kind of fun to do that. This is a completely different experience. You walk into the exhibition hall and you see this giant hall and and basically you can see all the booths at once uh in a, in, a, in a sense you can see everything happening and it's a it's a big floor lots of activity very bright really high ceilings um of course that is cut through by the uh by the iu flag at the indiana university booth of course that's my alma mater and dave woodley the uh, the director of the marching hundred had built out of pvc pipe this big flag that cut through the top and and i guarantee you that next year we will see a lot more of the of the booths of the exhibitors with things going up uh, i don't think they're used to thinking up in the exhibition hall down in the hilton and now you have all this airspace and i guarantee you that uh, dave woodley's uh, idea will be we copped by many other uh, exhibitors next year because it's a it's this huge space and nobody was there except this one lone iu flag out there so i always knew where to go back and see some of my old comrades now while i was hanging out the hal leonard section i did run into a couple of students college students and uh I talked to them a little bit about the new digs of the Midwest Clinic. So I'm here on the exhibition hall floor of McCormick's Place West in Chicago, Illinois for the 2009 Midwest Clinic and I found a couple of people here hanging out. Why they happen to be hanging out the Meredith Music section of the Hal Leonard booth. Marcus Farr and Jackie Nason. So Marcus, you've been to the, the clinic before? Yeah, I've been there several times. Yeah, and yes. and so what do you think of the new digs? It's very nice. It's, it's nice to have everything in one place, and, and it makes it very convenient to see everything, and it's real nice. What about shuttling over from the hotels? I know some people were concerned about that. How's that worked out for you? It's worked out fine so yeah. far. It's been, they're very, the time is not, not a long wait between uh, shuttles, and the shuttles are going all day, so it's been mm -hmm. very easy to get back and forth. It makes it very easy. When you came into the exhibition hall, what caught your eye first? I mean, was it... Well, impressive or overwhelming? When you see it all in one place, because they used to be in four different rooms or five different, many different rooms you right. had these exhibits, and having it in one place, you just look, you just look around and you just, you're just overwhelmed. It's so exciting to see everything, and it's very nice. You know, the, the building is a very nice building, and, and just as far as you can see, there are exhibits and booths, and and you don't have to put on a scarf and earmuffs every time you want to go to a exactly. another concert or you, clinic. I, I can get here and be here all day long and do everything I want to do, and then not leave until I go home. So you ha you don't feel the experience is diminished at all by being here? In fact, do you think it's better? It's, it's better. Well, it's more convenient, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything, just the fact that everything's in one spot makes it very convenient. Very good. Thank you, sir. Jackie, how many times have you been to the Midwest Clinic? Uh, this is my first time. Really? Your first yeah. time? So are you a, a college student? Yes. Yes? And what year are you in college? Sophomore. Sophomore. What's your major? Music Ed. Music Ed. Where do you go to school? IPFW. Oh, all right. I've met you before there. So. Uh, what are your first impressions of the Midwest Clinic? Um, it's a little overwhelming just because you walk into the exhibit hall and there's so much stuff to look at. But once you kind of figure everything out, I think 
it's overall a really good experience and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and will you be around for the next few days? You're going to stick it through? Yes, I'll be through Friday, so. Yeah. What would you say to, to other college students who are thinking about coming to the Midwest Clinic in the future? Do you think it's a worthwhile thing? This is something that I think if it could become a requirement, should be a requirement. <laughs> it's something that, you know, you're meeting composers and you're going to clinics and it's like three days of um, just the best lectures from around the world, so. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. That was Jackie Nason and Marcus Farr at the Midwest Clinic. Thanks again to Jackie and Marcus for sharing their perspectives on the clinic. You know, uh, with all change, there there can be ups and downs, and there are always unforeseen difficulties when you try something new. Uh, that first day, uh, there were some issues with the shuttles, uh, and I was a little concerned. It took me a lot longer to get back and forth to the hotel than I had anticipated, and actually ended up missing uh, the U.S. Coast Guard van on Wednesday night. Um, so I learned my lesson, and I set aside additional time on Thursday for transportation, but I don't know if they got more shuttles or they revamped the schedule. Um, basically, for me, from Thursday on out, uh, transportation was very quick. There was always a shuttle available. There were always seats. Uh, it was it was really at the end of the day that was the trickiest. At 5 o'clock when the exhibition hall closed on Wednesday, there was kind of this mob dash to the buses that went to the various hotels, and they just didn't seem like they were prepared for that. Um, however, like I said, uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, absolutely no problem whatsoever. So I appreciate that they uh, ad they adjusted to uh, the issues of, the, of Wednesday and sped things up quite a bit after that. Uh, so good for you, uh, Midwest Clinic. Um, I did speak to some uh, folks who have been coming to the Midwest Clinic for uh, a number of years longer than I have. And the main concern from some of these people was that there's a loss of charm or intimacy when you leave the, the Hilton downtown as the base of operations. And I will say when I checked in, it was striking to walk into the hotel, walk right up to the registration, have there not be a line, have there not be shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people in that main hallway of the Hilton. As soon as I checked in, uh, it was immediately a different atmosphere. Uh, I felt like I had room to, to breathe and to move. And, you know, uh, if you've been at the Hilton in the past, you tried to go up the elevators at night. It was never a problem. Uh, whereas in, in the past, there's always been a big wait. Elevators take a long time. There are a lot of people, kind of this mad dash of people all at once in between concerts or trying to do something before the evening concert. So getting around in the Hilton for me was a lot better. Now, there are people who miss that sense of, hey, I'm going to at any moment brush shoulders with Bob Reynolds or Donald Hunsberger or Eric Whitaker or whoever um, and get to meet these people and get to say hello. Uh, at the same time, I feel like I'm not going to knock one of these people over. That's that's how I feel about it. Is <laughs> So so for me, having a little bit of room to breathe, you know, to be able to come down to the, the coffee shop in the, in the hotel in the morning and just go up and get a coffee and not wait 20 minutes to pick up a coffee was a big plus. But I do understand that it is it is a beautiful hotel and there are several ballrooms the Congress and uh, and and the various uh, hotels where the Midwest Clinic occurred in the past Grand Ballroom in the Hilton they are beautiful rooms and and the clinics at the new place were not did not have that sense of historical beauty uh, and awe in that way they were certainly more commercial feeling but so much more functional and for me the functionality of it one out because and here's why because anyone who wants to go hang out at Kitty O'Shea's 
did so. And, you know, you go there, it was packed. I went there uh, Friday night, it was packed, just like it's always packed. So if you do want those opportunities, you have them. Also, they've started having receptions after some of the night concerts. So it's another opportunity to get to meet conduct conductors and composers and performers. Uh, so the opportunities are still there. I think that they've thought this through, and they're trying to provide us with situations that allow us to connect. And, and isn't that what Midwest is about? is not only seeing great performances in Clancy, but connecting with new people and with old friends. Uh, so I, I feel that they did put their best foot forward in trying to maintain connections. Talking about the concerts, they did away with the A-B concert system. There's one concert, for example, take the Eastman Wind Ensemble concert on Friday night. One concert, packed, huge room, absolutely stuffed with people. I had a seat. I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to stand in the back of the room. I was over to the far left and could hear the ensemble perfectly. I was a little skeptical when I walked in because I saw the same kind of stage set up and this huge room, and I thought, well, this is there's no way I'm going to be able to hear the performance as well as I'd like to. I could hear every note. I could hear the clarinets as the second clarinet as clear as if I were standing 50 feet closer. Uh, I could hear the entrances of the brass. I could hear clarity in the percussion. I could hear the articulation of the timpani sticks on the head. You know, I, you know, I could hear very clear playing. Now, part of that is we had an ensemble that was unbelievably good and skilled and in control of their instruments, and that helps a lot, I'm sure. Uh, regardless, it sounded great. It sounded balanced. You know, they performed the Maslanka uh, Symphony Number no. 4, which is one of my all-time favorites and they did such a great job and that is a devilish, devilishly hard piece of music for individuals uh, on that piece uh, and they did such a great job it was truly a, a wonderful concert and a wonderful experience and and so um, any of my concerns about the sound quality were completely wiped away by great performances like that uh, so it is a balance yes there is a historical beauty and charm to the old buildings but there is a, a new functionality. Uh, for example, uh, at the you know when um, Chris Heidenreich and I did a presentation in 2005, you know we had to pay a $35 charge for a union person from the hotel to come plug in our extension cord into the wall. They had a special plug, and we had to pay the guy union fee to just plug in so we could use the laptop and the projector and whatnot. And I spoke to Chris, who did a presentation this time, and he said there was someone waiting for him right there. What can I do for you? Got him hooked up, got his microphone, got his screen. You know, in 2005, Chris and I were scrambling, and thank goodness Jay Gephardt from Purdue was nice enough to let us use his portable screen. Um, it's, it, it, was, it just felt like edge of your seat. And this, it just felt in control. There were people positioned around the, the convention center to help so you always felt like you could get information when you needed it. I especially appreciated that there were there was a Starbucks, but and, and also a smaller coffee kiosk downstairs, which I used several times. Uh, there there were eating options, and I heard some people say, "Well, everything you get there, cheapest you can get is eleven twenty-five or eleven seventy-five or whatever it was." That may be true, but we're talking about downtown Chicago, and having a, a variety of food options right there is a tremendous convenience over uh, the past. And that doesn't exclude you from going out to eat. You know, I know people love to go out to eat, go have some ribs at Carson's or something like that. And you can still do these things, but the convenience of being able to grab lunch or grab a cup of coffee or sit down and take a breath and be able to just 
breathe, think about what you're going to do next is such a huge plus. So uh, bravo on the move, and I have no doubt that it will continue to develop and, and they will build on to this in the future. All right, in this next segment, I, I whipped out the digital recorder on Friday afternoon to give a few perspectives on what had been going on to that point. And now I got a little too clever for my own good here. They had the door open to the clinic that was being done by the new Sousa band, and they sounded great. And the sound was coming out of the doors, and I thought, aha, what a great idea. I will take out my little handheld recorder, and I will stand out here in the hallway and get some nice background music. It'll be perfect. And that would have been great, except for my poor little recorder could not decide who to listen to more, the new Sousa band or to my yammering voice. So uh, I had to do a little bit of uh, enhancement here. Uh, it's if you, at the very least, listen to the background music and enjoy it. Uh, hopefully you can pick up some of the stuff that I'm talking about with the clinics, uh, etc. Hopefully you can hear some of the stuff I'm talking about with the clinics, um, and, and lesson learned. I will be less greedy next time and, and not try to get some of the new Sousa band to back me up uh, in future segments. A quick note on this segment. All right, so I'm going to put a poll up uh, on the blog site, chadnicholson.wordpress.com, or just do a Google search of wind bands of every flavor. And I'm going to put a poll up and see how many people can figure out the name of the march that the new Sousa Band is playing in the background. I'll put up a few options. I'm just curious. It's kind of one of those everyone should know kind of marches, but maybe not. I'll be interested to see. So head on over to the blog site, chadnicholson.wordpress.com, and vote, and, and we'll see how many people can accurately name the march that is being played in the background by the new Sousa Band. Now it's Friday of the Midwest Clinic. I'm in Corpus Place West, right outside room 183. You might be able to hear the new Susie Band performing a clinic in the background. They sound fabulous. They had a concert last night in the style of a traditional Sousa concert with an encore march in between every program selection. And they also had a trombone solo and a soprano singing really interesting viewpoint of a traditional Susan style. In that concert I was struck by how smooth the ensemble sounded and how crystal clear you could hear the, the bells and the clarinets and the flutes and the texture was so clear. It was it was very tasty and, and you could really almost reach out and grab each part. It made the, the Susan music come alive and, and the overture all the romantic elements of that turn-of-the-century concert really, really came through. It's a wonderful concert, and now, in the background, they just sound fabulous doing this clinic. So uh, I feel very fortunate to get to hear them. It was a very special uh, event, very special time. We just ran into Mr. Kramer as he was uh, walking down the hallway, Ray and Molly, and, and uh, expressed that uh, uh, the new venue seemed to be working well, and he said that a man came up to him unsolicited and said that he since 1947, he'd been coming to the Midwest Clinic, and he was absolutely thrilled with the new venue. Uh, it is so open and fresh, and uh, it's nice to not have to bundle up every time you want to go to a concert or a clinic. It's all in one place, and uh, the shuttles have been working fine so far. Uh, and, you know, as I told Mr. Kramer, all the people who like to do the social things uh, that are associated with Midwest, go to Kitty O'Shea's in the Hilton, are going to Kitty O'Shea's in the Hilton. 
So that's all still happening. Uh, so he seemed very, very pleased with the Midwest Clinic so far. So got a chance to sit in on a conversation with Ellis Marcellus, the patriarch of American jazz, the Marcellus family, and uh, it was how he started his sons and on the different instruments and and uh, how you know his how Jason started out on a toy drum set and, and how uh, Branford they just bought him a clarinet and, and went and uh, got a, a trumpet from uh, Ellis Marcellus's uh, friend uh, Al Hurt and, uh, and and that trumpet sat in the closet for about six or seven years uh, after I went and got it. Uh, so it's really funny to hear uh, Ellis Marcellus's uh, uh, reflections on his family, but also on the state of jazz. You know, he, But he seemed uh, to be hopeful, and he also seemed to be a, 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 a jubilant man with lots of great memories. So that was a, a wonderful clinic. This morning I went to a clinic with uh, Dr. Chris Heidenreich, director of Bansby University of Michigan, Flint, about how to include programming with the standards how to bring those two things together, especially standards number six, seven, eight, and nine, and focusing in on quality repertoire. And he frequently referenced the H. Robert Reynolds article. I talked about that repertoire is our curriculum, and our music is our textbook, and, and the careful thought that we must put into that. I also sat in on on the clinic by Craig Kirchhoff about expressive conducting, and he had a, a demonstration group at their high school and ensemble, and it was very interesting. And, fantastic to have him include the audience standing up and using our arms and, and having us sing to him as he conducted different ways and, and get a more visceral experience. It's very hard to learn about conducting from the written word from a book um, and it's so much better to be able to experience what works and what doesn't so we can do a better job of integrating it into our own conducting life. And I ran into a good friend of the program, Matthew Arau, band director at Loveland High School in Loveland, Colorado. And Matthew was kind enough to give a few minutes of his time to give his perspectives on the new digs of the Midwest Clinic. So Wednesday morning, we got on the shuttle at 7.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. And the shuttle was so efficient. We got in the registration line and they ran it like you're at the airport, just really quickly through the line. And so I got from the Hilton through registration and was ready to go by 8 a.m. Yeah, it was incredible. So when you walked in, had you ever been to this facility before for anything? For me, it was the first time. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. When you walked in, I mean, what did you think? Was it overwhelming a little bit? Yeah. I mean, for me, it just seemed so big. Massive. Yeah. It was like really impressive. So I think in a way, it kind of sets you up thinking, well, this facility is massive and, you know, Midwest Clinic is like such a massive uh convention in terms of like its impact it's a yeah. massive impact yeah. convention and so it's almost fitting for a convention that's so huge meaningfully you know to, to be in a large facility have you gotten a chance to hear any concerts in the ballrooms yeah yeah what did you think of the acoustics in there did you feel like you could hear the band well yeah you know it's it's pretty live in there mm -hmm. um it kind of adds adds a kind of energy or a brightness mm -hmm. uh you know sometimes the the hall seems a little little large uh, because you know it makes the audience seem small if you don't fill it completely but the great thing is is that there's no lines and there's not an a or b clinics or choices for concert series that's right we should mention that uh, for those who weren't able to make it this year and traditionally you would know that there's been there have been a and b concert series you get your tickets and you are the a or b set when you come in and now all concerts are one concert you have one concert series and it really has made it convenient now Let's talk about the difference of the rooms. 
And we talked to a few people, I know, uh, throughout the convention who've talked about missing some things about the Hilton. Sure. Uh, you know, the Hilton and the Palmer House, and you know, some beautiful architecture and things like that. Do you, when you come here and you've heard clinics and heard performances, how much are you thinking about that just the look being different, more modern versus the classic stuff that are in the hotels downtown? Well, I think the Hilton brings a, a, a lot of tradition. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's the hotel itself has a lot of tradition as does the Palmer House. Um, but I think, I think I'm going to get used to this yeah. real quick. I think this exactly. offers so many positives. And you can still stay at the Hilton, which I am. So, you know, you can still hang out at Kitty O'Shea's. And, uh, you know, this is a lot larger, so it's not crowded, which which can be a plus. Yeah. And uh, there doesn't seem to be any issues in terms of getting into the clinic rooms or getting into the concert. And you can always find a good seat is what I uh, what I found. Absolutely. You know, we talked about, you know, checking into the... When I checked into the Hilton, there were no lines, you know, for the first time. And I could walk up and then I'd get on the elevator at the Hilton right. and not wait. I could go up to my room. You know, Kitty O'Shea's was really crowded, just like it always is. You know? right. So, the, I, what you know, what we've been talking about is that you know the stuff that is important socially is still there. I feel like I was still able to see the people I wanted to see. You know what? If I want to see the big Christmas tree in the Hilton, I walk up and there it is. You know, but we come over here. You know what? It is a convention, and it is a lot of people and a lot of exhibits and a lot of concerts and a lot of clinics. And now we can see these things without having to rub up against everybody's shoulder literally as we walk down the, the hallway of the Hilton we can actually take a breather you know I actually got to sit down and drink coffee and eat a Danish this morning with nobody around me in, in, in this convention hall and it was kind of nice yeah you know yeah. so I, I think things like that that I think a lot of people appreciate the old venue for its charm and for the social element of it for me and I don't know about you it, I, I still perceive the social element is here even though it is a larger venue and a more modern venue I think if people decide that they want both ex parts of the experience, it's there. Do you agree that 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 the social and charming element of it is still available to people, or do you feel like it's that element is gone now? Well, the social element is always like what you make of it. Yeah, you know, you can make the effort to, to track down people and and uh, you know you'll find people at the exhibits or at the concerts uh, to talk to. It just might not be. Uh, as easy because you're not going to like bump into them necessarily as much as you might have at the Hilton. Right. But that's okay. <laughs> right. I might not physically push Jim Barnes over by accident, <laughs> right. you know. But I, I did walk right up to him, though. Exactly. And sit down and talk to him Absolutely. for 20 minutes yesterday. Absolutely. So it's still there. Yeah. Uh, so have you seen anything at the clinic that stood out to you so far? Any well, clinics I'll or I'll tell you what, the, the first clinic I went to was in the morning on Wednesday, and it was Chris Martin and Freddie Martin uh -huh. and Michael Martin. And phenomenal, just to to hear the Martin brothers play trumpet live, and when Chris Martin played Goddard Amarong, just mm -hmm. solo trumpet, it was to die for. Was there anything from that clinic that you can take back to your band now? You know, even the the concept that Freddie had with with air, uh, consistent airspeed across the ensemble, and using a balloon, mm -hmm. each member of the band actually breathe, doing breathing gym concepts like in for four, out for four, but blowing the air into the balloon, then you can actually see how much air you're getting out in four counts so you can try with eight counts and then you have to keep it consistent so it's actually a visualization i think for everybody to to match airspeed uh, which i think is going to be something that's fun for bands and uh, it is practical as well so that, that was really cool and then uh, just the concepts of articulation that chris martin was talking about uh, shying away from using tongue actually using air and lips as the primary uh, form and and then and then introducing the articulation 
if it works for Chris Martin, I'm, I'm excited to try it with my students. <laughs> so is there anything else coming up that you're looking forward to? Absolutely. The Eastman Wind Ensemble Oh, that's a, not too shabby of yeah, a little band. That's, uh, yeah. That's going to be really great. Yeah. Great to hear. Uh, Vandercook's coming up here in just yeah. a little bit. I'm great. excited to hear some of the repertoire in their program. Yeah. And so what's coming up for Loveland High School Band back in Colorado? Uh, well, one thing we're excited about is performing at the Western International Band yep. Clinic in November mm -hmm. uh, 2010. Yeah. And uh, so we have about 11 months to begin working on the program mm -hmm. and uh, in our state we have a great uh, state band contest with regionals and finals mm -hmm. and so we'll be selecting our repertoire and getting going yeah. on preparing for that as well. Yeah. well you're busy. Yeah. Hey so uh, one closing question. We heard this week that Ray Kramer was taking a two-year leave of absence from the board of directors of the Midwest Clinic. Do you have any reflections on what his impact has been on the Midwest Clinic over the last several years? Well, I'll tell you what I have been coming to the Midwest since 1996, and I, I think that Ray's spirit has impacted the Midwest Clinic. His his giving spirit, his kindness, his warmth, I think is just always something that's that's been at the Midwest Clinic since I've been attending. Uh, he and Molly are just such a wonderful couple, and just such a positive energy, and he just cares about music, and, and encouraging the improvement of musical performance and the sensitivity uh, across America. So I, I just, I'm, I'm grateful to him for everything he's yeah. done for the Midwest Clinic. Absolutely. Well said. And we will miss him, but uh, it sounds like he'll be possibly coming back after two years. And of course, we can't wait to have him back. And we do appreciate everything he's done. Thanks again to Matthew Arau for taking the time to talk to me, as well as all the folks who took the time to uh, give me your thoughts about the new Midwest Clinic uh, this year. It was fantastic from top to bottom. Great clinics, great performances, and I really appreciate everybody taking the time to chat with me on today's show. Uh, I did have a great lunch with Max McKee. You know, we've had him on the show before uh, where we talked about what's coming up with the Western International Band Clinic and the American Band College, and he's just got a, a treasure trove of ideas uh, for those groups, and it sounds like great things are coming for those two uh, groups, and I also ran into to Ray Kramer, who mentioned that all the listeners need to head on over to midwestclinic.org if you went to the conference, and make sure you take the survey. This is your chance to be heard. They're going to be evaluating these surveys very carefully, and you'll note that there is an interesting part of the survey where they're asking your thoughts on whether or not the clinic should be shortened by a day, and they may spread orchestral stuff throughout the week. This is your chance to chime in and give your two cents on some ideas for further developing or changing the clinic. You also have the opportunity to talk about things like the shuttle and what were your accommodations like this time and what was your primary means of getting around town or getting back and forth between the hotels and McCormick's place. So this is your chance to share with them the successes or failures that you experienced at the conference so they can continue to make improvements. Uh, so please do that and if you haven't been there before or if you didn't get a chance to go this year, please try to head out to the Midwest Clinic next year and I'll see you there. Well, that wraps up another episode of Wind Bands of Every Flavor. Be sure and stay tuned no matter what it is you're working on this spring, whether it's basketball games or if you are at a school musical or working on winter percussion or concert band festivals. Uh, 
jazz band contests, whatever it is, stay tuned and we'll try to have a little something for everybody. More great interviews and reviews and segments on conducting uh, and news about all sorts of stuff happening in the band world. Don't forget uh, to drop me a line if you like, winbands at gmail.com, or you can go by the uh, internet home for this podcast at chadnicholson.wordpress.com. Check out amazon.com. They're offering my book, Great Music for Wind Bands, the top 100 works in grades 4, 5, and 6 for 32% off right now. And also head over to archive.org, where many of the tunes that you heard in the background of today's show are found for a Creative Commons copyright license. So it's a great resource for music. If you'd like to subscribe to this program, head on over to iTunes, and you can do it for free. Just search for Wind Bands of Every Flavor. Be sure to check that iTunes feed because we're going to get another one of these shows going as soon as we can. And until next time, remember, tone over tone. Funding for this podcast is provided by a grant through the College of Visual and Performing Arts at Indiana University, Purdue University in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fantastic. All right, well, this is reporting from the floor at WIBC Western International Band Clinic in Seattle, Oregon at the Doubletree Seattle Airport Hotel. Yes, one more time. This has been Matthew Aral reporting live from the floor in Seattle, Washington at the Doubletree Hotel live at the Western International Band Clinic with a bunch of incredible young students. So can you give me in in because you know Matthew is the announcer for this podcast. Can you just give me a closeout live from the 2009 Midwest Clinic in Chicago, Illinois? Come on. You are listening to Chad Nicholson and Wind Bands of Every Flavor live at the Midwest Clinic, Chicago, Illinois, 2009. Wow, I feel so important now. Thank you, Matthew Aral, very much for doing this. <laughs> You're welcome. All right.